Hello, hello, leading woman in tech. How are you doing? How is your week? Are you gearing up for a fantastic Christmas? I sure hope you are. Christmas is well underway in the Collis Homes Innovations household over here at Team Tony. Um, <laughs> the Christmas decks are up. We have started making cookies. It's all go. We're planning how we're going to deal with Omicron. Because if you know about me, you know I'm a planner, right? If you don't know that, go to listen to some of the episodes this year. I'm very much a planner, especially when there's crises or anything like that. And what I do not want is a repeat of what happened last year, which is about five days before Christmas, it was announced that we wouldn't be able to see family from Boxing Day. And unfortunately, given where my parents live, that meant seeing my parents for Christmas was impossible because they live on an island. <laughs> and so getting off island um, on Boxing Day, it, well, getting off island on Christmas Day is impossible. There are no ferries. And so it, it meant that Christmas with my family didn't happen. We did Christmas in March. We did do it. <laughs> my mum was like, we really going to put the Christmas tree up? And I was like, hell yes. <laughs> Hello. Have you met me? Um, and so there's this Omicron variant, as you probably know, if you're watching the news anywhere in the world. Um, and my heart breaks, but it's taking off in the UK where I am. And so my husband and I have been planning, what are what are our parameters here? What can we do? My husband's getting his booster this coming week. I'm not able to book mine yet. We'll get that soon. For those of you who've got your boosters, congratulations. I applaud you. Um, just a little bit jealous, not too jealous, but hopefully I'll be getting mine soon. So yeah, it's a bit of planning and trepidation alongside the Christmassy spirit, but remaining optimistic. Because here's the other thing that I wanted to bring up, which is kind of why I mentioned all this in the first place optimism. I've been reading a lot about positive psychology for some reason. I don't know. It's like a topic that's top of mind. It's very important to leadership. Um, one of the things that's really brought to the forefront of my mind, which I've known, but I guess I hadn't understand and fully appreciate the depth of, is how important optimism is in us. And I say that as somebody who used to be a pessimist. It's like I'm a recovering pessimist. <laughs> and I feel like it's kind of a natural trait in many of us as leaders. We, if you're a high-flying exceptional leader, part of what you are is likely that you anticipate a lot more than other people. I certainly did. I, I still do. I see things other people can't see, which can be frustrating um, until you get that under control and learn how to utilize it and actually turn it into an asset, which by the way, is one of the things that is essential if you want to become a high flyer. But I think it can go hand in hand if you aren't careful with a tendency for pessimism. It certainly did with me. I, if I've dreamed up a scenario, my brain will fixate on it until I've like considered my plan of action. It drives my husband just a little bit nuts, I have to say. I've learned how to dial that back. But I'll be like, oh my God, but what if this happens? And he's like, that is never going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, but I thought of it. Therefore, I have to plan for that eventuality. Um, now, I personally think it's a real asset because when the big things do happen, I've got a plan. I've got a plan or I've got a plan that's similar enough that we can just execute on it. I think that's why I'm quite good in a crisis as long as I keep my emotions in check uh, because I have a plan for things. I don't actually have to do a truckload of thinking on my feet because part of thinking on your feet is it is a finite resource. And the more you can tap into are things that you've already thought of, planned, anticipated, the more apparently clear you are when you're thinking on your feet, right? So it is a real asset. But as I said, it can be detrimental in that if you spend all your time in this place, the world is a very negative, dark space, right? It can look like, oh my God, all these terrible things are going to happen, right? 
Um, one of the things I have done consciously in the last few years is shift more towards optimism. And the interesting thing is about optimism is there are actually loads of health benefits. You live longer if you're more optimistic. You recover from disease more easily. Like it's not a be all and end all. I'm not saying it's going to cure you of cancer. In fact, quite the opposite. But optimism is shown to be very good for us. And from a leadership perspective, optimism breeds motivation in those around us. It actually, as an individual, helps you see more opportunities. It helps you problem solve better. It doesn't stop you seeing all those other issues. That's what I think a lot of people don't appreciate when they're told to be more optimistic. And they're like, but my pessimism is good because it tells me all these things. I still see all those negative scenarios. I just don't let them control me anymore. So I'm approaching this December much more optimistically than I did 12 months ago. And I think it is a conscious choice I've made this year to look for the silver lining in more things. I really stepped into that at the beginning of COVID, which, you know, it was now like, what, 20 months ago, 22 months ago, actually. (laughs) And I think this year I just doubled down on it. I've really been looking for like, where's the silver lining? Because there is so much devastation going on in the world. It is a properly heartbreaking place. And it's very easy to spend all our time and energy focused on the bad when there is actually an awful lot of good out there too. There's wonderful things, even amongst all the sadness. And if you can tap into that, you're going to go further and you're going to do great things. And you're actually going to have a bigger positive influence on those around you. So I've been stepping into that. And I'm definitely therefore making a conscious effort this Christmas to think more optimistically, despite what may be coming. And that's a long introduction, but I, I thought that was worth sharing because I think the positive psychology aspects of leadership are not talked about enough. And it's something I'm going to be working into my content more next year. So I'd love to know, do you consciously think about positive psychology and optimism in your day-to-day work as a leader? Do you work on it? Have you ever focused on positive psychology as a leadership attribute? Drop into LinkedIn and let me know. I'd love to know. But let's focus on the topic of today's episode, which is about planning and the small and simple things you can be doing to set yourself up for a simply explosive 2022. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. It's uh, some of the stuff I've been doing with some of my one-on-one clients, not all of them, it depends what stage in their coaching with me they're at. But I think it's a really good time as we are settling into the holidays to look forward. We're changing pace as this month proceeds into the holidays. So it's good to have a look at like what's in place, what really matters so that come January 1st of 2022, you are ready to hit the ground running and have simply an explosive year. That's what I want for you. I've been doing this exercise I'm going to take you through today for a couple of years myself, and I've now brought it into my coaching for good reason. We'll have this moment in January of invigoration and excitement, right? We hit January 1st and we're like, oh, success, big dreams, and I should do this, and I should do that. And we set goals, targets, we have resolutions, and then let me guess, 
come the end of January, most of the resolutions, if not all of them, have dropped. And then come six months into the year, June, July, August, and you realize you haven't even started the work towards those big goals that you set at the beginning of January. And honestly, that's just unhelpful and very soul-destroying, demotivating, and you'll get to a point in your life, if you haven't already, where you're like, I don't see the point in doing anything in January. Like, I just always fail at it. I do not want that for you anymore. So I have been using this year-end reset that I call it on myself and now my clients to really put some simple things in place that I can leverage come January 1st to grow and, as I like to say, bloom. Bloom has been my word of the year this year, and I'm kind of leaning on it for next year too, I have to say. But I want you to put the simple, small things in place right now as you dial down for Christmas, put them in place so that next year is your explosive year, okay? So really, this episode is primarily mindset. There's a little bit of reflection and planning, but it's primarily mindset, kind of a leadership mindset episode all all together. But I therefore encourage you to, if you can, listen to this episode in a quiet place with a journal, or if you're out and about, that's totally fine. But maybe go sit away from other people, go and buy yourself a coffee in a coffee shop, listen to Christmas music maybe while you do it. Although earbuds, just thinking through that one now, but you're getting my idea. Or if you're out and about walking, actually take the time to like really immerse yourself in your walk and do these reflection exercises I'm going to take you through and leave yourself some voice notes as you go. Okay, so here goes. Let's get on with what I actually want you to do, right? The first thing I want you to appreciate is that slow and steady wins the race. I want you to keep that front and center as we do this work. What we do in our jobs tends to be very fast paced. You only have a short amount of time to achieve things. Part of what you are expected to do is deliver fast, on time, to budget, ahead of schedule if you can, all that sort of stuff. This is the time to slow, to think. I I like to tell my clients, you need to slow down to speed up. And this is one of those situations. Take the time to slow down and think bigger, think bolder rather than short-termist as we do this. So let's dig into those questions to help examine what you need to be doing right now for 2022 to be a success. Okay, first question. Who do you want to be next year? Not what, but who. (laughs) Like, who do you want to show up as? You can do this by thinking about role models around you, but also just your attitude, your presence. So... I want to be a bigger version of me next year. I want to be more bold. I want to be more audacious. I definitely want to have more of an impact. I want to be more confident, which I know sounds a strange thing for me to say. I have a podcast. You probably don't realize I lack confidence, but I do. I'm really leaning into impact next year. So think of role models in your life that you admire. What qualities about them do you want to adopt next year? Who do you want to be next year? Who, not what? Now, What would that version of you be doing and celebrating this time and next year? What would that version of you have achieved and be delighted about? What would the champagne that you've just pulled out the fridge before? This is how you figure out what you want to achieve next year in a more authentic way. Not the traditional goal setting, which tends to be about the tactics you're going to employ. Instead, I really want you to be saying, okay, if I'm that version of me, the big audacious version, the one that's had a lot of impact what would I be celebrating? Like that's how you really align all of your values and your achievements with the the who of what you are and find that authentic way to achieve goals that really matter and align with who you are and, and sit with you. Now, this is the tricky one. 
What is stopping you being that person right now? Because something is, because otherwise you'd already be there. Now, don't fall into the trap of saying time and experience. Well, of course, experience is part of it. But time, if you were already ready to be that person, you'd already be that person right now. That's why I asked you that, who do you want to be? (laughs) What is stopping you? What is stopping me being more confident is a really interesting question. I'm still working through that with my journal. Because I've done a lot of work around my imposter syndrome and, and just, you know, believing in myself, trusting myself. So what is still stopping me being that person? What are you holding on to? What do you need to let go of? What beliefs, habits, safety blankets, <laughs> um, like maybe things that we do that really don't make sense, assumptions, beliefs, limiting beliefs in particular. What did you do this year that held you back or didn't work for you? This is the one I really want you to spend time with. So by all means, pause this episode and have a good think about it. Maybe write it down and and spend some time over it on the next couple of days. I think this is a really good one to ask yourself before you go to bed at night and then wake up in the morning and see what's happened. Our brains are amazing at night with unconscious processing. Now, Let's look back a little as well, because I think this is something that we tend to do in January when when we're goal setting, a good goal setter will tell you, look back, learn from your lessons. The problem is with January is we are in a very expansive place, like we are first thing in the morning, right? In the morning, we're creative and we're expansive. In the evening, we are more tactical. We tend to be much more aligned with analytics. And so we just tend to like to, to go forward, right? The same things happens over the week. You tend to be, as your week goes on, you get more tired. So you tend to be more analytical and tactical. Early in the week, you're more creative and expansive. We have this creativity in January too, right? Christmas, certainly in the Northern Hemisphere, because we have a long holiday, we have downtime with family and friends. Most businesses entirely shut down. So there isn't lots of stuff going on. We get this emotional reset. And so you want to allow the creativity to bloom in January. You want it to be forward focused. It's hard to do the reflective stuff I'm asking you to do now in January. So you tend to, at least most of us, tend to do one of two things in that case. We either skip this reflection piece entirely, which tends to mean we repeat mistakes. We tend to wake up 12 months later exactly who we were, doing exactly the same stuff. Or we do it and it drags down our goals and ambitions. We say, why want you to do this before Christmas? Do this reflection before Christmas so that you are really excited. You can just feed this data into your planning on January 1st, which will help ensure that you know what you need to be doing differently and you can nicely slot in a great action plan. So here are some questions to ask yourself before Christmas. (laughs) First of all, looking back, what did you accomplish professionally and personally this year? Be honest. I want you to write down absolutely everything. I did this actually last week because my coach was like, you haven't done that yet. (laughs) So she holds me to account on this one too. We both understand the power of this list. It is so easy to dismiss what we have achieved, which means that we feel stuck. We end up pessimistic. (laughs) Back to the beginning of the show there. So have a look. What have you achieved? Small, big, all the tiny things. I have a success log. I'll admit I'm not the best at filling it in, even though I tell my clients they should fill it in every week. I don't do it every week. They're all going to come to me now and be like, oh my God, you don't do it every week, Tony? No, I don't. But I do whenever I do get to it, which is normally like on average every two weeks. I do try and do it every week. Sometimes I'll skip a week, in which case I will backdate my success log. Right? I'll go through that and have a think, oh my gosh, I've done this, this, and this. There's a lot there, actually, that I've forgotten. It's really important to do this work. Because then the follow-up to that question is, what worked and what didn't? 
That is super important. It's a, it's similar to the question along the lines of like, who do you want to be and who do you need to stop being? What did you try that didn't work? Do you know why it didn't work? What do you need to let go of? Again, and this is not something you're in action right now, but if you do this reflection piece and have the information front and center when you do your planning come January, it's going to help you avoid mistakes. So next, I want you to have a look at other aspects of your life to help you set yourself up for the success. This is about putting in places the pieces of the chessboard to ensure your chessboard is ready and raring to go come January 1st. The first one, take a look at your support network. Do you have the friends, family, mentors, indeed even coaches in place that will ensure your success? You'll probably want to do this one now and then ask yourself it again in January once you've filled in some of the plans. But have a look at the who you want to be. What habits, focus and motivation have they helped you with this year? Does that align with who you want to be in next year? What have they done to inspire you and push you forward this year? Again, does that push you in the direction of who you want to be next year? Because then ask yourself, is there something missing in this support network? Who drains you? Who uplevels you and inspires you? But who isn't doing that job? Who is draining your energy and actually not helping you in your direction? Who didn't help with the work you were doing this year, right? Now, This is incredibly important to examine because we want to surround ourselves with people demonstrating the actions, successes, the energy and the values that we want to have and aspire to. But I'm not saying like ditch all your friends, right? I I feel quite strongly about this one. A lot of gurus out there will tell you only have friends who are like the millionaire you want to be or something like that. I don't believe that's a good a good and healthy place to be. I have friends who do drain me, but they're still so dear to my heart. Like they're fundamental to my soul. And then I also surround myself with people who are simply uplifting and inspiring. And there's a real mixture. They all serve a purpose in my life. But I'm very careful about who is in my circle. And that's what I want you to have a good look at. Who's in your circle that's that's actually fundamentally contributing to you in some positive way? Even if it's not aligned with the work and personal goals, they still might contribute to you. A good, solid friendship is something to not be dismissed. So I just wanted to say that because, as I said, a lot of gurus will like tell you to ditch all the friends. That's not what I'm saying. Like, have a good look. If there are unhealthy friendships, by all means. I mean, I'm not a therapist, but by all means, have a look at whether or not you've got healthy friendships because that's not helpful. But if the friendship is doing something, just acknowledge that, even if it's not fully aligned with your work and personal goals in life, okay? Now, once you've figured out what kind of people you need around you, have a look. Do you have all those people in place? Do you need people who are more optimistic, more resilient, who have gone further, faster than you have? Because when we surround ourselves with these people, which is what I want you to do next year, you're going to be surrounded by people who already have the tools, tactics, frameworks, strategies, templates, and habits that you'll then pick up on, right? They're already acting the way you want to be. You are going to be pulled along in that direction, whether you intend it to be or not, right? So I want you to be conscious of that. If you surround yourself with people who are two years behind you, they might be lovely people, but they are going to hold you up, my love. This is something I learned the hard way several times. Like When I first stepped up into um, leadership, I was surrounded by people who weren't leaders, definitely held me up. I subsequently, on my way to the executive suite, I didn't know that's what I was aiming for, but I surrounded myself with executives and, and simply extraordinary leaders, and it really propelled me forward. 
Similarly, when I then went full-time into my coaching business, which obviously now what I do, I'm obviously now an entrepreneur, a little bit different from you if you're listening to this potentially. And initially, I just like put myself in on all these entrepreneurial groups and it was lovely, lots of lovely people. I rapidly realized, partly, I invested in a coach from day one of my business, which between you and me is not entirely typical in the entrepreneurial world. I wish it was. But that meant I quickly outstripped my peers. Um, I will say that I did. And I was surrounded. I had this cohort of entrepreneurial friends who were still stuck where I had been a year ago. And I was like, I feel so drained when I talk to them. And my coach was just like, well, maybe they're just not your people. And I had a hard discussion with myself. I'm still in touch with many of them and they're lovely people, but they weren't who I needed. A couple of them have become dear friends and that's fine. They're with them friends. It's a different equation. But I've consciously since always surrounded myself with people who were peers or one step ahead of me or further, right? Now, obviously, there's a bit of give and take there. If you're always the one that's behind everybody else in the circle, then you are the drain, right? And that's just not fair. So there's a bit of give and take and a bit of mixture. And I would certainly say, even the people that are ahead of me, I've got skill sets that they don't necessarily have. I deliberately surround myself where I'm a complement to them so that we're all learning from each other. I think it's just so incredibly important. It's the informal mentorship, which helps you really achieve great things. So do that support network audit. Have a look at who do you need to associate with next year to be the person you want to be, to be the person you're dreaming of this time next year, waking up and having a massive celebration for the most successful year ever in your life. The next bit to appraise is your skill set. We live in a very fast-paced world. We need to constantly be putting in place a plan for professional development. And so now is a great time to be thinking about that. Again, this is probably something you're going to dive into in more detail in January, but do the big picture stuff right now. So what skills do you think you need to have in place to be that person next year? Are there certain qualities? Now, obviously, I'm going to focus on leadership because that's what I do. (laughs) So some of the things I see every executive need to work on at some point, change management, problem solving under pressure, empathetic leadership, dealing with difficult situations, being a people first problem solver, being a multiplier, doing more with less. And of course, my favorite, executive presence. Some of those are, you know, ideas you might have that, okay, that is an area of weakness right now. The person I want to be next year would have that in place. Put that on your skills appraisal for areas to develop for next year. You'll then like put in place a plan come January. So make sure whatever you're writing down goes somewhere for you to look at in January, remember. But remember, you need to constantly upskill so you don't become out of date. Now, there's one caveat to all of this which is many of you may be listening to this and thinking, yes, I really need to up-level my skills because I now manage a team who do like 10 things that I've never done. It's very tempting, especially early in our careers, to focus upskilling on areas that we now manage that we haven't been an IC, an individual contributor in. The problem with that being is that you can't know it all, my love, okay? (laughs) And you'll soon realize if you haven't already, that if you aren't an IC, you're actually going to be almost instantly out to date on the day-to-day stuff of the technical area you were an IC in, okay? And your job as a leader is not to know all the ins and outs and every single little bit of syntax, that's me talking as a software developer, but all the ins and outs of the day-to-day that your team does. That is not your job as a leader. If you're a team lead, then sure, you might become the technical expert, But as soon as you move away from team leadership to managers and directors and VPs, that is not your job. Your job 
is to know in what you know, know what you don't know. One time in my life, I will say to you that you should know what you don't know. Most of the time, we don't know what we don't know. But in terms of your work as a leader, you should know your limits so that you know when to bring in your team. And more important than that, you are the one that has to hold all of the different pieces of your team. The problem with an IC, the expert of experts in their domain, is they can't possibly comprehend all the things because they're too in the weeds. Your job as a leader is to hold all those areas, understand the trade-offs, understand that bigger picture, and link it all up. If you are in the weeds, you can't actually do that. It's contradictory. So do not fall into the trap here with your skill set appraisal of, oh my God, I need to go and learn everything there is to know about like X because they do that and they report to me. That is not your job, my love. Okay. I just had to get that one out there <laughs> because I know this is a trap so many of my clients fall into, especially when they take on their first VP role or something like that. Okay. The next step is about setting you up for January. Now, we tend at this time of year to fall into habits of partying, eating lots, letting go of gym visits. Hey, zero judgment over here on that one, especially after last Christmas when many of us didn't really properly celebrate. Like, I have no problem with you letting go of all those things. But what I do want you to do is to ensure that there are a few things in place to ensure you're taking care of yourself and keeping essential habits in place over Christmas. So, eat the great food, eat all the chocolate, like a zero judgment as far as I'm concerned, drink the champagne by all means, but make sure you're getting enough sleep. Make sure you are getting some healthy food in amongst all that party food, just here and there, doesn't have to all be healthy, but just have the good rituals around wellness and mindfulness. Take breaks away from all the hustle and bustle if that's what you need. Even actually the the extroverts amongst us, you probably still need some downtime from all the family intensity, right? have good food and amongst all that chocolate. I will keep saying that one because I love my chocolate. (laughs) I really actually want you to acknowledge that your mindfulness is essential to continue over the holidays. It's not something to be neglecting. So ask yourself, what can you do? What can I do? I suppose, ask yourself, what can I do to take care of my well-being over the next few weeks? Do you need to ensure you have 30 minutes of me time every day away from the family? Do you need to go for a walk once a day? Do you need to listen to a mindfulness app? I'm totally getting into Headspace, by the way. I just thought I'd pop that in there. Um, No, they don't pay me. I just thought I'd pop that in there. (laughs) Or do you need to do some breathing exercises? I'm a big fan of breathing for as mindfulness, like just breathe in and out, counting for like 30 seconds. I find that very powerful. It's like a mini meditation. Basically, ask yourself what small, simple habits are going to take care of your mind and body for the rest of this year. So that means that when January 1st comes around, you're ready to go because you have had the sleep. And yeah, okay, your body needs a bit of a detox potentially, but it will get through that quite quickly. It's your brain, my love, that really needs this attention. A couple of weeks of eating junk food is not going to kill you. Well, I say that touch wood. Don't quote me on that one. (laughs) Okay, finally, I want to wrap up this session of reflection and action with setting one big, scary, audacious goal for 2022. If you listen to me for a while by now, you know I love my big, audacious goals. One that makes you seriously uncomfortable, that you don't even want to share with your partner. Now, 
I have always had one of these, um, actually for years and years and years. For the longest time, I didn't share with anybody. When I started getting a coach, I would only share with my coach. It's actually in the last few years, I've been able to get to the point where I can share it with my husband, partly because I have to caveat it <laughs> with like, of course, like I know that this is big and all that sort of stuff. Because, you know, my husband's a problem solver. So he likes to dive on in to like, how are we going to get there? Because what I do, what I mean by big and audacious is it's a serious stretch. And I don't actually know the path from here to there. But I always have one set and it sort of is my guiding light on my decision making for the next year. If I know where I'm headed, when I'm making decisions like, should I do this or that? What do I invest in right now? I know my guiding light, my big audacious goal, and it helps steer me in that direction. It doesn't have all the pieces in place. And you know what, what happens over the years, the path unfolds, you get clarity on the way forward. So don't be too scared of it. Make it big and audacious have one ready and then just allow it to be put it front and center mine mine lives on the wall behind my computer so I look at it every day so what's your big audacious goal for 2022 my love have you got one okay let's finish up with a leadership mindset moment now I know it's Christmas but once again in case you don't know what they are a leadership mindset moment is really about how to think or act differently to make it easier to up level take more positive action on the topic of today's podcast Today, I want to talk about focus and clarity. Now you've done this exercise, I want you to set some really clear intentions for the year end. Haziness keeps us stuck, clarity keeps us moving forwards. So ask yourself, what three things do I need to do this year, so you've only got a couple of weeks, to set myself up for success in 2022? These things need to be small. It might be as simple as putting all you've noted in a place for you to refresh come January 1 when you're putting your big plans in place. It could be having a tricky conversation with a colleague so that's dealt with before the holidays. Maybe it's sprucing up your resume if you know you want to hit the ground running on January 1st. What is it that you can do realistically that's going to help you be that person you want to be next year? One of the things I do with clients who are struggling with this is I ask them a couple of spacing questions. So know who you want to be this time next year, know what you want to have achieved this time next year. Then ask yourself, who do I need to be and what do I need to have achieved in six months time in order to be well positioned, well placed to be that person at the end of next year? Then ask yourself, great, six months time, now go back three months, so end of Q1, who and what do I need to be and have achieved by the end of Q1 to set myself up for those six month goals? And then ask yourself, okay, great, I now know what I need to do at the end of Q1, what do I need to do by the end of this year to make sure I hit the ground running for Q1? That's a really great way to just find those little nuggets, say, I'm not going to unlock who I'm going to be now, Okay. The key here, as I said, this is the mindset moment. Be specific, have focus, have clarity. That's your leadership mindset moment piece. Haziness keeps us stuck, keeps us stalled, stops progression. Start right now with the intention of being focused and clear next year by being focused and clear right now. There is nothing stopping you doing that. I'm not asking you to do anything big before the end of the year. I'm asking you for one small thing, but to be focused and clear. Set that expectation. And finally, remember that that's about you. It isn't necessarily about your company. Yes, sometimes our big audacious goals are aligned with our companies, but more often than not, the most powerful changes we can make at the end of the year are the things about us. Who do you need to be? What do you need to be doing differently? Even if you're the CEO like me, what needs to be different? What needs to shift? 
for the end of the year. That's it for today's episode. If you want more on this, check out the show notes available on your favorite podcast player where you're listening or head over to tonycollis.com forward slash episode 78. And if you love this, please do share the love by sharing this episode with your friends who you think would benefit from setting themselves up for 2022 success. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a simply sparkly Christmassy leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.